It's time for Tom Girl with JJ Jurgens. A different breed. Welcome to Tom Girl, where we talk all things sports, entertainment, fashion, and adventure. On today's show, we're talking to Los Angeles-born actress Lauren Bioli, who can be seen in the upcoming Tyler Perry film, A Jazz Man's Blues, among numerous other projects. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, thank you for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited. You have had to have been a busy woman lately because you have so many great projects coming out. Thank you. I, I'm very, very grateful. It's been a wild ride. I'm very excited. Yeah. So Let's you. first talk about the new Tyler Perry one, because I know that he's very excited. I think he's been waiting like like a read over a quarter of century to produce this project. So tell, tell us about a jazz man's blues. I'm so excited. I, I'm actually going to the premiere this weekend. And, um, you know, it was one of the first scripts that he wrote. So it's a passion project for him. And he wanted to wait for the right time. And it's a beautiful and heartbreaking love story that's very moving. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just so excited for the world to see it because the performances in this film are astounding. And his script is just, it's incredibly beautiful. What will be your role in the film? So I, um, you know, there, it's about uh, the, our two leads who um, are, are in love and not able to be together. They're, they face a lot of obstacles. Uh, without giving away too much, I'm one of those obstacles. So, um, you know, it's it's a, a beautiful film and I just can't wait for everyone to see it. Yeah. What was the production process like for you? Well, I, I auditioned for it and, um, you know, it's set, it goes between the 1940s and the 1980s. And um, I got to work and set in the South and I got to work on a, a Southern dialect. So I, you know, for the audition, I got a dialect coach and fell in love with this character just, you know, in she is a villainous character, but I, I fell in love with um, the story and wanted to serve the story. So while um, I'm, I'm not a fan of her values, I'll say that, um, <laughs> I was just excited to be a part of the story as a whole. And, you know, I, I had a self-tape audition, so I sent off the tape, and it was one that I was really hoping, you know, to hear about. Sometimes you just can't let one go when you have an audition. And um, it was one that I just really had my heart set on. And I was just so grateful that it worked out. And it, you know, we went to Savannah and filmed there. And if you've ever been to Savannah, it's just breathtakingly beautiful. So I will say this film is just, you know, visually stunning in addition to being a beautiful story. So mm -hmm. I'm uh, always fascinated by dialects and accents. So how long was that process for you of getting that dialect down? I, I got very lucky. I have an incredible, um, an incredible dialect coach. Her name's Paula um, Accent Colors on Instagram for any actors listening. She is absolutely incredible. So she worked with me on the dialect and, you know, I, I drilled it um, leading up to production and the table read. And, um, you know, I was lucky that, you know, I think I have a, because I'm a singer as well, I have an ear for accents. So she helped me with the audition. I put it on tape. And then we also had a dialect coach on set, which was um, a, such a luxury. So, but he just, his attention to detail, Mr. Perry is just, you know, mm. absolutely exquisite. Everything in this film, he just really put so much heart and soul into. So even down to the dialect coach, she was with us every scene. So mm, we were very good. spoiled. <laughs> All right. Now, what kind of singing do you do since you mentioned that? <laughs> um, I am a musical theater nerd for sure. 
Um, and I, I, you know, I'm a mezzo soprano. I, um, you know, like to joke that I perform musicals, uh, just me in my car. So I'm not, not currently in any productions, but, um, would pay for people to watch me. I'll be honest. Um, I just love musical theater so much and would love to do it one day, but, um, you know, it, when the time is right. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. That's great. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about, you have even more projects. I guess the next one, let's talk about Florida Man. That'll be coming out too. Yes. I, um, I, it was an amazing experience working on that set. It, you know, that was strangely another role that when it came through, I just, I really had my heart set on playing this character and feel so lucky that it worked out. Um, but I play a very ambitious reporter, a local news reporter in Florida who, um, you know, gets the sense that there's some nefarious behavior happening in Florida as, you know, we, I'm sure you know, like you've seen the Florida man memes. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of, um, a lot of kind of crime going on behind the scenes that she gets wind of, and she's trying to capitalize on that to um, position herself to maybe go to CNN. She wants to, she has big ambitions and she wants to make it out of Florida. So that's my character in Florida man. And how was the production process on that one? That was a dream. I was pretty much <laughs> skipping around set. <laughs> you know, yeah. Generally, I like to joke that I'm an enthusiast just because, you know, when you've dreamt of doing something your whole life and then you're lucky enough to get to do it, I, I just don't take a second of it for granted, yeah. you know, and it, it hasn't been easy. So to get to experience sets like that, it, I'm just ecstatic and um, it was everything from working with the costume designers to, um, you know, that entire cast, the directors, all of it was just, the, I mean, hair and makeup, it felt like a family and it was such a, a wonderful experience to get to be a part of eight episodes of a show. Yeah. I just, it was a, it was a dream for sure. And then this one is from Jason Bateman and his production team. Yes. Yes. Aggregate. Yeah. I mean, that's gotta feel amazing to be on a Tyler Perry project and a Jason Bateman like boom right back to back I mean how how are you feeling inside from that I, I mean exploding exploding yeah. absolutely you know I mean it this is what I've wanted to do my whole life and I think you you hope and you dream that it's going to work out and you know I as you know my the road has been winding for me I also had time where I was a teacher and um you know took breaks from the industry so I think, you know, there is this kind of rush to achieve and be productive and, and have everything happen right now in our culture. And there's been something about it taking time for me that's been very rewarding because, you know, I learned a lot that I needed to learn along the way. And then, you know, now I'm skipping around set because not literally yeah. don't I'm embarrassing myself too bad, but I just, I feel like every opportunity is just, you know, a complete dream. So yeah, I love that. It's like you really soaked it in or, you know, paid attention and mm -hmm. learned a lot of, along the way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And kind of rounding out the trifecta, you have Bad Monkey with Vince Vaughn. Yes. Tell us about yes. that one. <laughs> it was, I mean, being on a table read with Vince Vaughn, my brain just completely exploded. Um, it, you know, that, that entire cast is, absolutely epic. And Meredith Hagner, I got to work opposite her. She's phenomenal. Michelle Monaghan. It just, there are such powerhouses in that, in that cast and to get to see them work and be so kind and generous and uh, supportive. It was really a positive experience and got to go to Miami and film. And it was just, I was definitely pinching myself. It was, you know, I would play another ambitious kind of villainous uh, 
a woman. Um, so uh, it was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, to be a part of a Bill Lawrence production was just really exciting. Yeah. How do you find for these three different roles, um, you know, where do you get your inspiration for each one? Or how do you bring what you can to these characters? It's so funny. I think it's definitely an amalgamation of, you know, people I've met, um, experiences I've had, um, shows that I watch. Um, you know, I like to joke that sometimes I'll watch Real Housewives because I'll just take little things from here and there, just like physically, vocally. Sometimes you never know. Um, and even in styling for an audition, I'll see something watching reality TV that I'm like, I'm going to steal that. Um, so just kind of trying to find inspiration everywhere has been really helpful. Um, and then really, you know, making sure they're distinct in terms of their physicality, in terms of their backstories, all the, all the things that we actors like to nerd out about. Um, it's really helpful because, you know, you'll be on set and they'll say, okay, go ahead and improvise, you know, and, and then you don't regret like spending hours. Cause I play a meteorologist in, in bad monkey. And when you're told to improvise, you're really glad I watched all that, all that footage of meteorologists. You know? <laughs> so, um, it's, it's great to, um, try to find inspiration everywhere and, um, yeah, and draw on it when you can. Mm -hmm. So you were Los Angeles born, which sometimes is, is rare out here when you're living out in LA for the actors that come from all over. So tell me a bit about your journey starting in LA and then getting to where you are today. Yeah. So when I, I was born in LA and my mom uh, was very smart, she started me in commercials when I was little and she thought, you know, we'll save for college. And, um, and she always said to me, you know, if you're not having fun, we'll stop. But she, I think she got a sense of my personality from a young age and that I was outgoing. And um, she put me in drama classes when I was little and singing classes and dance. And I always loved it. And it was always fun. So, you know, there were there were times that I took breaks from the industry when I needed to kind of recalibrate and maybe do something different and realign. But when I was a kid, I loved it. And um, and then, you know, I we left L.A. when um you know, my dad got transferred for his job and we ended up, I uh, went to middle school, high school in London. And I was lucky enough to work over there because I had an authentic American accent and had great experiences over there. And then when I went to New York, I ended up spending some time in addition to training outside of college, uh, teaching kids. And so, you know, after teaching for a while, I ended up finding acting again. Um, and, and I acted for a, a bit in New York, like for the love of it. But professionally, I just uh, moved to Atlanta uh, about four years ago, and this market has been very good to me. And then now I go between L.A., New York, and Atlanta. Hmm. It's great to be able to spend a time like that. Yeah. yeah, and it's funny because my mom is originally from Smyrna, Georgia. So it's funny. It's the one place because we moved around a lot when I was a kid that I've always come. It's the one place I've always come back to. So it strangely feels like bit of home you know my grandparents yeah my grandparents were here and so it's nice did you have any real good I mean because my parents were teachers so I know sometimes there's a lot of like crazy stories or crazy kids did you have do you have any good like teacher story that comes to mind oh yeah so <laughs> I had a a four pound Pomeranian named named Marilyn who was my dog and I, I trained her to be a service animal so I went to children's hospitals with her and and senior living facilities and I could bring her to the school where I taught. And I would write children's books when I was a teacher. Marilyn goes to the Met or Marilyn goes to MoMA. Marilyn goes to the Arctic. And one day, um, you know, a, a parent came to pick up their child and they said, you know, uh, and I don't want to say the little boy's name, but 
this little boy uh, told me that, um, you know, you have a talking pomegranate. She was like, are you okay? And I was like, a talking pomegranate? And I, I said, he said, yeah, you have a pomegranate named Marilyn. And I was like, oh, yes. Yeah. So I have a Pomeranian and she <laughs> writes books. Her name is Marilyn. And then I got to bring her to the school and the kids were like, Marilyn, why aren't you talking? Marilyn, you can write books. Aww. Talk, talk. So, yeah, that was one of my favorites. You have a talking pomegranate. Um, but, yeah, the stories all the time. I mean, that's the funny thing about kids. They just they call it like they see yeah. it. And there's never a dull moment. And I just... I miss talking to kids because, um, and you know, it's, it's nice. I can still work with kids on set and I, I coach. So I work with kids coaching them on auditions, but just those conversations that, you know, stories for days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about how you, um, like developed your, your craft over the years. What are some lessons you learned or, you know, classes you took or things that you think have really helped you along the way? Yeah. So I'm a huge class nerd. I love to continue studying and I'm a big fan of saying, you know, take the best, leave the rest. You're going to learn from, you know, different schools of thought, different, different studios. So I'm a a big fan of staying in class and, and, you know, also asking other actors what studios have resonated with them. Um, In Atlanta, I love the studio drama Inc. In LA, I love Leslie Kahn. Um, in New York, I studied at Lee Strasberg and Stella Adler. In London, I was at um, I did the Lambda Certificate Program, and I went to the Central School of Speech and Drama. But I mean, I love working with different coaches. I love you know trying to continue to find new voices and new um, new influences because you're always going to learn something different from everyone. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you prep for an audition, and has has that changed over the years? It has. I think what has shifted lately is really, you know, I think sometimes the older you get, the more pressure you can put on yourself. And sometimes I just have to zoom out and remind myself to trust my instincts that all the work and all the studying and all the, um, you know, the training is in me. And sometimes I just have to trust my instincts and get out of my head and get out of my own way. So um, that as of late, that's kind of I'm really trying to remind myself to come back to a place of joy and creativity and inspiration so that I'm not, you know, sometimes you can strangle an audition because you want it so badly, you know, and it's just saying, like, where can you have fun with it and and trust what you're bringing to the table? Mm -hmm. You also are very vocal about body positivity and like Mm -hmm. it's talked about how, you know, over the years, learning to love yourself more and, and tell me about how that mentality has like changed for you and how you feel about that what a journey so (laughs) you know there was a period of time that I took a break from the industry because the thing that was really um being encouraged was trying to make my body look different and focusing on the exterior and and I was I kind of fell into the hands of um a team that wanted me to focus on being thin and pretty and you know when I was young and more impressionable and really, you know, I'm, I'm ambitious and I love this business with my whole heart. I love this craft. I thought, Oh, is that just part of the job? That's what you do. You have to, you know, do as you're told and, and look a certain way The you know, I had to take a break because I, I think the more I focused on that, 
not from a place of health and and inspiration and you know taking care of my instrument as an artist that really wasn't a healthy place to live and you can't create work that you feel great about if you're not healthy so you know i i like to think that i didn't go through that period of my life for nothing because if there's a a girl out there listening to this who thinks that they need to change who they are to be successful or happy that's just not where it is you know like the more i focused on inner work and you know we there's a lot of talk about self love now but i think it really is saying you're in a given moment to learn something evolve and then continue learning there's no there's no graduating right there's no saying okay i i've ticked all the boxes and now i've arrived and i'll be happy and successful i think for me learning to be where i am in a given moment accept myself forgive myself for being imperfect and just try to find the joy in what i get to do then i'm yeah. set you know yeah but if that feels very different than trying to be you know beautiful <laughs> does that make sense yes definitely no it definitely it resonates me with me completely i remember when i first came out here and one of the first like set of headshots i got and i was all you know young from nebraska and excited and i showed him to trying to get representation and this guy you know looked at him the first thing he said to me was that i needed to get rid of all my moles he's like because all your moles you know they, they look like pimples and i remember going home and thinking oh man, like, do I need to get, you know, get these taken off? And I mean, I'm so glad that I, that I didn't because right. like, like you were saying, I, I wanted to work. I wanted to see so you're, you have these people, these voices that you think you're, am I supposed to do what they're saying? So no, I think yeah. it's a great, I love that you're, you know, speaking out for young girls and actors who yeah. hear this and know like th those things are what make you unique and what make you right. you and set you apart. A hundred percent. And while I understand, because people will say things like, well, it's a visual medium and this is the reality of the business. You know, I can't think of an actor that has moved me who I love their work and then think, and they're so, I, my next thought is, and they're so pretty and they're this size and I love that, you know, I'm like, no, their performance in this completely changed me as an artist. And I admire them so much for, you know, what they bring to the table creatively. Not, I'm not thinking about how big their waist is. Right. Right. So I just, I, I wish I had heard more talk about this when I was younger because it was a very different time. And I think we're seeing more bodies represented. And anytime I get hard on myself, because, you know, I'm a curvy gal, anytime I get hard on myself, I think, you know, there's going to be someone out there who sees their body type represented on TV and feels good. You know, mm -hmm. like, that's my hope at least. Right. Yes, definitely. So, yeah, yeah. I love it. For sure. Yeah. It get, definitely is a challenging industry. So what are some of the other like challenges that you faced or have uh, worked through over the years and how have you stayed like mentally tough to continue and pursue? Yeah, it's so interesting. I think having a full life outside of the business is really important because, you know, the more I need things in my career to work out, the less aligned and happy and centered I feel. But when I'm living my life and also doing the work and giving it 150%, then, then opportunities come because I'm, you know, feeling my best and living my life and not waiting on the next job. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a practice because when you love this, you really do want the next opportunity to grow as an artist. And, but that can also happen in your auditions that can happen in class that can happen sitting down and reading a script with a friend, deciding to write something. So I think 
there is this fallacy that, you know, I need to be on set or I will not be fulfilled and happy and successful. And it's like, but you, you're an artist, whether you're on set or not, you know? Mm -hmm. So I have to remind myself of that when I'm being hard on myself, (laughs) but you know, it's just, I think constantly coming back to a place of what can I do to feel my best? Because that's when I create the best work, Mm -hmm. you know? Is that one of the reasons you're a big horseback rider and equestrian? Is that, does that help you balance this It's world? so funny you say that because I, I was a huge equestrian as a kid. I, you know, competed and um, my family actually ran an equestrian center in Florida before we moved to London. And for a while, you know, when we lived in London, I taught at Hyde Park Stables and there was a question mark for me, like, am I going to do this professionally or, but, you know, I, I, my heart is um, in acting. And then also I can always volunteer where there's a, there's a center here in Atlanta that you can teach kids um, with special needs how to horseback ride. So mm. it's a great program and there, there are ways I can still do it. And then trying to carve out the time for me now to just do it for the love of it, you know, not as not to compete, not to have my own horse or anything, but just to, I have a friend in Atlanta who has her own horse and she just recently took me riding and it felt like a real soul moment to get back yeah. to that passion outside of the industry. Um, so it's just making more and more time for that. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. How do I mean, I love horses just amaze me. They're so strong and such beautiful animals. Mm-hmm. Like, and, yeah. and you just learn so much from, you know, that, that experience riding horses, competing, um, traveling with a group of, of friends to, to different horse shows around the a country that was, it was, they were such informative experiences for me and taught me so much discipline. And I'm, it's funny how you, you draw on other disciplines and your you know, when in your chosen field. So yeah, I, I learned a lot from, from horseback riding. I'm really yeah. grateful for that experience. Yeah. So. What else do you, where else do you feel like you bring in um, aspects of your life into your acting? Ooh. Other aspects of my life. I think whenever I get to work with a kid on set, I just, I love it so much because, you know, they're the teacher in me misses, like we were talking about before, those conversations with kids. So, um, you know, I think working with kids on set, um, other, other experiences that I draw on, I think, you know, one thing that I loved about growing up in London, I went to a school that people didn't stay for a very long time. It was a very transient school. So you had to make friends really quickly and, you know, you're on a set and it, every day on set sometimes can feel like the first day of school. Cause you're mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm learning names. I'm meeting new people. I'm, you know, you've got to throw yourself in the deep end. And, and that really helped me kind of, I went from one school in sixth grade to another in London and then had to figure out how every year when there was big turnover, um, how to make new friends. So that, that was really helpful, actually. I like to joke that I'm overly friendly, but I think it kind of pays off. Yeah, you definitely. Know, you have yeah. to be. Yeah. Are there any other things just like that that maybe surprised you about being on set more that, you know, were aspects that you didn't think think about before they happened? Yes. yes. That there's a lot of different energies on sets and that, you know, it's very easy as an artist when you're an empath and you're picking up on different energies that it, like 2% of the time is it about you. You know, there's deadlines and there are, you know, there's a lot of pressure that it's so easy to look at it and say like, oh, is that, is that energy about me? And they're just trying to make, you know, 
trying to make sure they get all the scenes shot before the end of the day. So I think that was something that surprised me is like how not only do you need to be resilient in not taking no's personally as an actor, but not taking other people's energies personally, unless you're not being nice, then it's probably about you, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's probably you, but generally, you know, have you read the book, the four agreements? Yes. Yeah. yeah. One of the agreements is, you know, not to take anything personally. And again, unless you're not being a nice person, then um, it's often not about you. So I think, something, you know, I, I love mindset and uh, like mindset work and meditation. And I think often it's like, where are you doing kind of a walking meditation on a set? Because you're trying not to pick up certain energies because sometimes everything's flowing and it's a great day. And then other days someone might be stressed. So, yeah. So you said mindset meditation, what other things do you do to keep your mind and body all in like tip shop, top shape and ready to go? Moving my body daily, even if it's walking my dogs, just making sure I move. Um, I'm a big fan of morning pages. Julia Cameron, the artist way, her morning pages. Um, breath work. Um, and I, I like to have lots of tools that I can draw on at a given moment. I'm not doing every tool every day necessarily, but, you know, sometimes tapping if like I need to reset my nervous system. There's a great uh, app called the tapping solution and you can just pull up um a, a tapping meditation and it's just tapping on your meridians and it kind mm. of can reset your nervous system so I'm a big fan of that um and I'm a huge podcast fan honestly like sometimes it's just hearing positive in um content that I need to consume to recenter me so mm -hmm. all of those things I like to have a kind of a running list of of tools. Cause you never know what you're coming up against. Right. Right. Did you get nervous for auditions or not so much? You know, it's not as much nerves as this kind of, I, since I was a kid, I've put a lot of pressure on myself. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of this desire to do my best, whatever that means. Right. And the, the older I get, the more I realize like, unless you're consciously trying to sabotage something, you're, you're doing your best at a given moment, right? Like even when you make a mistake, even when you have a kind of perceived failure. So I think giving myself grace and sometimes the things that I beat myself up over where I thought I failed are the things that end up working out, right? Because there are these human moments. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think it's not that I get nervous. It's that I get hard on myself and I'm always working on that. But I think, you know, when you have high standards for yourself, it's easy to, to kind of beat yourself up. And I love Brene Brown. I'm a huge Brene Brown fan. And she yeah. talks about like perfectionism, you know, it's just, it, it doesn't serve you. And it's yeah. just um, kind of people pleasing and fear in a different outfit. Right. Yep. So um, I keep trying to bring myself back to like, you know, why do you, why do you have that certain level of that certain standard for yourself? Is it because, you know, yeah. So it's just kind of always reflecting on um, yeah. where is it unnecessary to be so hard on ourselves, I think. Yeah, I completely relate to that. And I've listened to her myself. Yeah, I love her. It is, it's amazing when you start to realize how much of it is all just created by ourselves in our mind yeah. and what we're putting on ourselves for what yeah. reason. And this came up for me, I was just thinking about it when we were talking about body image, but you know, when I was a teacher, I would never look at a child and their artwork and pick it apart, right? Like I, it just was what it was. And they were like this perfect whole complete hu little human being. 
but then we grow up and we start just like picking everything yeah. apart. And it's, it's just interesting and trying to, I think, always bring ourselves back to that place of, you know, we're doing the best we can. And what is it worth if you're not enjoying it? You yeah. know? Yeah, definitely. So. Well, speaking of the beauty of children, you do a lot of extra work with special needs kids and foster children. We talk about some of the programs that you're involved with that are near and dear to your heart. Oh, I would love to. So I, when I was a teacher, I worked with kids with special needs and um, I was lucky enough to um, meet uh, an incredible organization, or, or incredible group of people who run an organization called the Heart Gallery. And um, they help um, find forever homes for kids in foster care. So like I said, I, I lived in Tampa when I was younger. I lived in Florida before we moved to London. And um, my mom is still in Tampa. So I, I went back and did some theater there for a while and met um, the, the people who run Heart Gallery Tampa and got to work with them when I was living there. And now, you know, I just had a conversation with them today. It's like, I really want to just keep supporting you as best I can. And the main thing is, you know, Lindsay who works there said, you know, just continuing to spread awareness for the organization. They partner with photographers to take like gorgeous photos of these kids to showcase their personalities because, you know, whether they come from difficult, um, familial situations or they have special needs they just they really take the most kind of at-risk kids and help um place them in forever homes mm. so they do a, a, there's a variety of ways to get involved outside of obviously adopting um and and i just spoke to Lindsay today and she said they're actually um able to place kids in homes outside of tampa so you know there are there are um, heart galleries across the country, but the I know the heart gallery in Tampa is also able to place kids in homes in other states. So for what that's for what it's worth, if anyone's listening and interested in adoption, but outside of that, there's a great program that they have called Birthday Buddies, and you can sponsor a child's birthday party while they're you know in the process of finding their forever home and just improve their quality of life. You can donate to Heart Gallery to support the work they do. And then every um, holiday season, they do a drive to try to make the holidays as special as, um, as they can. So um, it's a beautiful organization. Every year they have a, a big event in Florida that I was lucky enough to go to a couple years in a row. And they're just incredible people. And um, while I can't be in the classroom, I want to support people who are making a difference in the lives of kids. Yeah. And it's just an organization I I feel really strongly about. Yeah, that sounds just wonderful. We love they're that. Great. They're wonderful people. They really, they're doing great things. And it's so cool to see, um, you know, kids find their forever homes. Yeah, right. That's great. Well, before I let you go today, let's just see if you have any um, advice for any of our listeners out there who you know want to follow in your footsteps and pursue a career in acting, you know, things that you you have learned or advice you would give them and wish that maybe you knew earlier on. I know we've already touched on some of that, but any any other yeah. thoughts that you have? Absolutely. I, you know, when I tell you this is uh, the things that have happened are beyond my wildest dreams, I think the main piece of advice I would have is if you have a passion and it lights you up and you really want to pursue it to enjoy the process as much as possible while being true to yourself and learning as much as you can and trusting that you just keep putting one foot in front of the other, that it works out, you know, and that the thing I'll say is being as fulfilled doing, I told you I did theater and 
Florida for a while, being as fulfilled doing theater in Florida as on any other set is really important. Like doing art for the sake of doing art and loving it and finding inspiration where you can. Um, training, we talked about training. I think training is really important. Um, and I think at the end of the day, the most important thing is realizing that none of this has anything to do with your worth. Mm-hmm. That's you know? some great advice right there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Wonderful. it's just so easy to, to fall into that trap. But yeah. I think the most important thing is who we are and how we show up in the world and the impact we have. And I hope when, you know, people talk about me one day, they're not going to be talking about my credits, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you are truly wonderful. I just think I just, this is such a great conversation. I just love, love all you're doing and, you know, the support you're doing did the outside of acting as well, you know, in your life. So this is just great advice for everybody. So I appreciate you sharing your story and giving advice to all the listeners today. I appreciate you. Thank you for what you're doing and highlighting stories and, and encouraging others. And, And thank you for the opportunity. It's, you know, I, I, big part of me wants to do this so that I can say things that I needed to hear when I was younger. Mm -hmm. So I just, to anyone out there, just keep going. Yeah. Love it. All right. Let everybody know where they can catch all these new shows coming out and then where to follow you. Absolutely. So, um, good luck saying my last name, (laughs) it's Lauren Buglioli, um, on Instagram, Lauren underscore Buglioli. And that's B U G L I O L I. Imagine a four-year-old saying it. Um, it's very funny. I got called Miss Ravioli. I got called <laughs> Miss Holy Poly, like every rendition of that imaginable. Um, so you can just call me Lauren B if you want. Um, but yeah, so hope to see you on Instagram. Um, thank you so much for having me, JJ. All right. Thank you. And thank you guys all for listening. Follow us everywhere on TomGirl.tv. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And we'll see you here again next week. Have a great one. Tom Girl.